We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, Merry Christmas. How was your uh, how was your holiday? Minus the fact that the bay took sweeping owls. Yeah, we don't talk about that. A lot of food. You know, I I learned this year that instead of drinking right away when I get to my um, my uncle's house, I'm gonna go eat like two or three plates first and then drink. So I finally figured that out. Age 32, and uh, my hangover is actually not that bad today. So. Uh, lesson nice. learned. It's how long it takes for me. How about you, man? Solid. Nothing too crazy. You know, holiday now revolves around the two-year-old. So uh, he he enjoyed it. And that's all that matters. You get him you a know. gift? Of course. Yeah. How, how many? Uh, hard to say. <laughs> it was, it's like, because like they're, they're little. It, like they don't, there aren't asks for like a, like an Xbox at this no, age. It's like no. ask for like little Hot Wheels. So it's like, okay. does he ask, did he ask for a gift? No, no, okay, no I was going to say that. But it's like, you know, it's like those are like the little things that bring joy, yeah, you know, like yeah. the, like a stuffed animal, a car to push around blocks, like nothing, nothing that's, that's breaking the bank or, or, you know, super pointed. Anyway, we are back. We did not pod over the last three games. I was actually out sick for the most part, but we thought it made sense. Give him a little break with the holidays and, Warriors go two and one, lose on Christmas. And I, I kind of want to start here, Andy, because I, I feel like this kind of overshadows everything. We'll get to the game and all that stuff. But Steve Kerr post game, been a minute since I've heard old Stevie kind of take over like that. I'm pulling it up real quick. Jokic finished with 18 free throws. I mean, you guys were clearly upset with, with some of the calls. Yeah. Just what did you think about it? how big a factor was the way he was kind of yeah. ref today? And, and yeah. what did you think of it? I have no, no problem with. Uh the officials themselves, um, they're all across the league. We have really good officials. I have a problem with the way we're, we are um, legislating defense out of the game. That's what we're doing in the NBA. The way we're teaching the officials, we're just enabling players to BS their way to the foul line. Um, if I were a fan, I wouldn't have wanted to watch that second half of that game. It was disgusting. It was just, you know, just baiting baiting refs into calls, but the refs have to make those calls because that's how they're taught. So I have a real problem with the way we are um, 
we've legislated defense out of the game in this league, and uh, the players are really smart in this league. And for for over the last decade or so, uh, they've gotten smarter and smarter, and they're just um, they're just enabled. We have enabled the players, and they are taking full advantage. And it's a parade to the free throw line, and it's disgusting to watch. Thanks. Cool. The thanks at the end made me laugh. <laughs> Woo. Woo. I have multiple thoughts. Go for it. I'll let you you take the floor. Um, I loved it. Uh, I loved that he did the full Steve Kerr politician version where he didn't actually blame the refs. <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah. Or blame the he thanked them at first. Yeah. He said they're wonderful. It's amazing. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Barack Obama or, or, or our guy Gavin could have done a better job than what Steve did up there. Uh, I agreed with everything he said. That's the thing, right? It, it feels like um, that's the, the everything he said was accurate. It's not, I feel like, the refs falling for it. They're taught to ref this way. And then when he goes at Adam Silver by saying that the fans should be disgusted by what they're watching, Sam, I laughed so hard. I was like, yo, that, that's a crazy thing to say. It's a crazy thing to say. Because he's right. It's not the intent. It's not basketball. Like, you can say by the letter of the law, it's a foul. But it goes against the spirit of the game. I've been thinking about it. And, like, I think I probably skew more analytically heavy and kind of into the new school quant stuff than you do. But this, in my opinion, is 100% the fault of quants in basketball um it reminds me of baseball yeah it it reminds me of Hmm. because who's been pushing the you know who's been pushing the league to ref by the letter of the law like it doesn't matter what the intent is it's a foul or it's not a foul right that's been the daryl Morey types interesting why because they want to take advantage of it Hmm. this isn't like a hidden thing it's known that they're the ones who are pushing for the refs to be more rigid by the rules so then they can figure out loopholes to right. get around it reminds me so much of baseball like and and i keep thinking about this the shift was not illegal nothing wrong with it but we all know watching baseball that's not how, that's not the way the game was meant to be played the game was not meant for you to put four infielders on one side of the field so then you have no choice but to try to swing for a home run. Like it's one of those things where just because it wasn't a written rule doesn't mean it's a good idea. And what did the league do? They wrote a rule to legislate the intent of the game. So when I look at the direction of the NBA, I think Steve's 100% right. I yeah. think someone in the league office needs to make a determination of what the rules, how the rules should be interpreted with the integrity of the game in mind. Like we all know what basketball is supposed to look like and what it's not supposed to look like. Grifting should not be rewarded. And uh, and to his point, I don't blame Jokic for whipping his head back and he's not even close to the biggest. um, No, he's not. No, but like, I don't blame players for doing that because they get rewarded. They shouldn't be rewarded, period. They shouldn't be rewarded by any... I don't like the fact that Steph kicks his foot out every play, but you know what? He kind of has to. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you know, like, I don't blame any of the players for doing it at this stage. It comes back to, are you going to actually do what you should do as a league, which is make decisions that are, this goes against the best interest of the game. Yeah. um, The games are also unwatchable, right? Uh, I mean, you look... 
Uh, someone in the comments pointed this out, and we talked about this when this happened. So I love this from Hypeflix. NBA stopped calling these type of fouls about two years ago. You remember that for the first what? It was a ten to fifteen games of the season. Yeah, and uh, I remember Dame was what someone that was struggling. A lot of the stars were struggling, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. Part of it's maybe rust, whatever. But part of it was you can't play bullshit basketball. Part of why I I don't really actually enjoy watching some of these up and coming superstars like Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's unwatchable. It's it's just it's driving to someone. Flail four foot sideways, get two free throws. It's never been easier if you're a halfway decent score in the NBA to average 20 points a game. It's the fakest level of scoring ever. And we, this is all coming from the Warriors. This is not why the Warriors lost to the Nuggets last yesterday. But uh, this level of basketball, I feel like you and I have been bringing this up for a while. This is not something you and I are suddenly bringing up because the Warriors lost the game yesterday. Um, this is something that the NBA does have to figure out because if unless you're watching these games through Instagram highlights, if you which, have to sit <laughs> which 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 maybe a lot of young kids are, but if you're actually watching the games for two and a half hours, the product is is rough sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty pretty rough. There, I mean, everything the league does is skewered around social media. Sure, ratings continue to go down, but most social impressions. Who gets the most social impressions? To your point, like James Harden was the social king. James Harden, unwatchable, but he does produce two to three really cool highlights a game, or used to in his prime. Now I don't think he does that. But yeah, you know, like peak Harden, Rockets, unwatchable games, but at least once a game, he'd catch a guy falling on his back legs, hit a step back, and if you just saw the highlight, you'd be right. like, well, right. that was kind of, you know? Right. Oh. I don't know. It's someone at the league office needs to take over. And this is actually the number one complaint I hear from friends who are not NBA fans. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Drifting the acting like it's unwatchable. I don't want to watch it. I don't watch till the playoffs start, blah, blah, blah. You know, some of it is, of course, uh, players sitting. There's a myriad of issues. But I do think if you just got games called honestly to the intent of the game, Scores would probably be more around 100. You know, if you're, if you're really hot one night, you get 115, 120. If you're cold, you score an 80. Instead of, like, doesn't really matter what you do, you're scoring 120, you know? Um, I, the Warriors have a o offensive rating of, like, 124 since Draymond's been out, which is absurd, right? That's, like, eighth in the NBA in that span. Just to put into perspective, it's, like, every team's averaging 120 points now. It doesn't mean anything. And, yeah. it's, and, you know, like I like to watch Steph go off as much as anyone, but it's not it's not fun if he's doing it against well, non. The fun well, is because he can go off against the best defensive coverages. And that's what I want to see. The same applies to Jokic, by the way, like he can go off against anyone. I don't need to see him score 32 with 18 free throws. I want to see him uh, just like it doesn't matter how you guard me. I'm going to just do what I want. The broader issue, too, uh, in terms of style is. um if everyone's averaging 30 points a game, it just it doesn't it doesn't feel the same, right? Part of the part of the fun is the struggle to get there, right? Um, right. Part, it doesn't mean of, anything. To it your doesn't point. really. It really doesn't. If if I don't I don't I don't even want to bring anybody else any other names into it. It's just it's not great. Um, the Lakers, I think, is is a pretty classic scenario. Uh, I think Austin Reeves really brought up last season like hey part of my breakout and maturity as a player was i figured out how to lie <laughs> i just figured out how to draw foul calls. i watched a lot of james harden tape figuring out how to get fouls he said it right remember he said it i mean that's 
that is that a good is that a good thing for the no. for the league, right? Like you, one of your guys that I think Arsenal is a relatively marketable player. I mean, he's he's a white guy in the Lakers. It's pretty good, pretty good, and he and he's good. But when he's coming out and saying like, "Hey, part of his part of his path to success," I would argue maybe a large part of his path to success is just he just tricks officials. I mean, dude, when you watch FIBA, let me ask you this: When mm-hmm. you watch FIBA, because I think you watched a lot more than me, do you think? What is the level of foul grifting allowed in FIBA versus the NBA? Zero. I mean, well, there's no such thing as zero, but the tolerance is way lower. (laughs) They let way more physicality go on defense, and they're not gifting guys fouls because they snap their head back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's really all I want to see. Just legislate it to the intent of the game. We know what basketball is supposed to look like. Officiate it that way. Try to make your rules. You're going to have bad nights. There's not a hundred great officials on planet Earth. That's just reality. There's going to be nights where you get bad officiating. But like, yeah, it's it's just it's annoying to watch. And I don't blame people who feel the way that Steve feels. I'm curious how this is going to affect the Warriors going forward. Steve, they haven't announced a fine for him. I imagine he will get fined. Uh, I don't think he really cares. Good for Steve. You know, yeah, exactly. Good for him. So good for him. Getting back to the game last night. Yep. So Andrew Wiggins played his first game in about a week. Also played really well. You got to give him credit. And so he closed the game over Kuminga in general. And so friend of the show, Marcus Thompson, had an article where he was interviewing Uh Jonathan Kuminga. And Kuminga had some quotes. uh, And this, I don't know if this is new per se. Uh, It's just, I think it's interesting here. I think this part is really interesting here. He goes, you know, he goes, me with the ball, nobody's guarding me. Okay, okay, Kuminga. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, through three quarters, Kuminga had 13 points, four for eight shooting, five for eight from the line. And I would say Kuminga was pretty good in his minutes. Overall, he played, uh, how many minutes did he play? Play 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, something in that range. Let me double check real quick. No. But he didn't, yeah, 23 minutes. Good guess. <laughs> um, there he goes. But sometimes I gotta take I gotta take that away to make sure my OGs get the ball. That's where it's confusing. Sometimes I come out the game not knowing what I did. And that's what messes with my head. It's like, what do they want me to do? I can pass, I can do different shit. It's kind of a paraphrased quote, but he's kind of getting at the fact that like, if I play well, if I play poorly, I get benched. If I play well, I get benched. I don't really know what I need to do to play more minutes. Not the first time we've heard this from Kuminga, uh, but uh, interesting coming well, out. First time we've heard it publicly, Sam. First time we've heard it publicly. In the, in that directive wording, yes, you're yes. right. Most Most of it's been like word behind the scenes is. Correct. Big John is frustrated with his role. Okay, Big John. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's good. So anyway, I mean, what's your takeaway when you hear something like this? I love it. I, I think actually when I saw this quote, I started, I, my eyes popped up, right? It was a lot going on in that game yesterday on Christmas. Mm-hmm. We, we may never even get to what happened in the actual game because all this stuff is so juicy. Uh, I think Kaminga's right. I, I think this is the first time he's publicly said it. I think he's comfortable understanding that he deserves to play more. Um, last season, you know, and I know, and, and Steph talked about this and Marcus wrote the article about Steph's speech against Sacramento, uh, guys like Kaminga and Poor are going to have to have to buy in. Right. 
And uh, I don't feel like Kaminga was as comfortable last season coming out and saying, I need to play more. Uh, maybe he wasn't as confident. This season, he's saying, look, man, you guys aren't good enough to sit me down in these type of games. And you need me out there. I don't know how you can argue against that right now. Right? No. There's no reason you can argue against that. You, to your Okay, to your point, Wiggins played well. Should have closed. Fair. Clay was terrible last night, but he's been good for a while now. So he closes. Uh, Steph Av closes. Um, and then beyond that, like Chris I, Paul, I, baby. Exactly. Right. So I'm not need the ball handling. And that and that's Looney. where that's the issue, right? And that you kind of need Luna Jokic, maybe. But I would argue that you gotta just play this kid so that he has an option to show you that he can do it. We already know what Chris Paul and Looney are going to do at the end of game. So what are we really doing here? Uh, if you're not going to figure out what this kid can do, you're pulling up the game log here. I think Kaminga's right. I think Kaminga's absolutely right. 23 minutes is criminal. Steve Kerr has done a terrible job offseason. People get mad at me. Sam, I don't know about if they get mad at you. People get mad at me uh, saying, mad that, at me. <laughs> saying that Steve has done a terrible job. And we tried to tell you that the locker room's pissed about this. And now it's coming to the forefront that Kaminga's just, just sick and tired. Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling up his game log, and the point I'm bringing here for you know for people listening after the fact, seven games since Draymond's gone down, he's been in the starting lineup. They are five and two in that stretch, one and two against winning teams. But I think end of the day, if I told you they'd be seven and two without Draymond, sorry, five and two without Draymond, you'd be I'm taking that. I'm taking that eight days a week, right? And in that span, he's played more than thirty minutes once, one time. He's averaging. Over 14 points, over five rebounds, two assists in 25 and a half minutes. More importantly, he's shooting the ball confidently, 40% from three, nearly 60% from two. The most noticeable thing for me is he's been finishing a lot better since he's been put into the starting lineup. Some of that is Steph gives you space. Some of it, I think, is just confidence, knowing that he has a little more space to attack the rim, that if he makes one mistake, he's not going to get pulled. If you were to push this out to normal starters minutes, his stats average about 20 points, seven rebounds, three assists efficiently. You know, I, I don't know if he could hold up for an entire season. My gut says because he's a young player, there'll be periods he does better, periods he does worse, and it's probably a little fine, worse than that. Fine. Yep. But very productive player. He's he's also by far the best athlete on the team and by far the only guy who can get to the rim at will on this team even if his handle is sloppy it's actually gotten better too it has yeah, i know i've been a hater i've been raised my hand i've been a hater but his handle's got a lot better getting to the rim he doesn't dance anymore he just goes straight through people yeah and marcus pointed it out in his article kuminga's never played 30 minutes two games in a row which i thought was crazy the chat's pointing it out as well but it is kind of wild he you know he plays phenomenal against boston you know they lose pods Woo! they win that big game he gets 17.7 rebounds. I, you really felt his impact. He got the key defensive stop on Jason Tatum. And the next game, he gets 27 minutes. You know, you could say maybe because it was a blowout, he didn't get to finish the game. There are some unlucky things going. But you'd think against Denver, where Jokic is slow, he can't guard the pick and roll. You'd think you'd want to get Kuminga going downhill and trying to exploit that. Do something other than what you're doing. Um, but yeah, it gets, it, it gets back to like the broader point here, which is he's not a rookie. He knows how to play and he represents a higher ceiling for your team. 
And when it gets to the end of games or things get tight, Steve just wants to play the guys he knows. It's very, it's very Doc Rivers. He'd just, rather lose games with Looney and Chris Paul than take a shot with Kuminga right now. Uh, and I understand his frustration because he's those guys can retire. They're made men. He hasn't, you know, Kuminga hasn't got a contract. He's trying to establish oh, his career. Oh, All yeah. that stuff ties into it. And I'm just sitting here, I'm going, not only you're asking him to sacrifice when he knows he's better than some of the guys you're playing. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't know how the guys on the court like Steph are kind of okay with it because their Ooh. best shot requires Kuminga to become that that wild card player, that other guy who can give you twenty in a playoff game. I, you make all the points. You got to the contract stuff. Part of this is frustration with the contract, and this is where I cannot question the kid. I mean, he's got maybe a hundred million dollars coming to him, and it's not like this team is twenty and ten. The Warriors are twenty and ten right now. I'd be like, all right, like, relax, right? Go, go, go. Uh, you're not that good. You're, you're not, you're not, you're not, right? You know, second level, you, second year you, Kawhi. You out can't there, talk relax. about this if you're like the two seed, for right. example. You, you, you just sound like a jerk if you're like, what about me? You know? Yeah. But and even then, on. he might have a point. Even then, he might have a point. But right now, they're 15 15, mm-hmm. and they play it, and they play against a team. I, I thought, Sam, dude, I thought the Warriors outplayed the Nuggets yesterday throughout large stretches of that game. Now, the Nuggets won because they're the champions and they've got better players in their prime and they know how to win better in the clutch right now than the Warriors. But throughout the majority of that game, I thought the Warriors outplayed them. I thought Kaminga was part of that. And and frankly, it's embarrassing to hop onto what you're saying with, with Paul and Looney. If Steve Kerr doesn't want to adapt to the way that this team has strengths, just don't coach. It just just don't do it, man. I, it's your last season as a Warriors coach, in my opinion, anyway. What are we doing? He right? doesn't like, have an are, extension. It does, it does feel like he's going to pull a Bob Myers and just step away as well. So maybe he, he does, he maybe he doesn't. But he, He's not. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that the locker room is completely bought into Steve Kerr right now? I think Steph is. Yeah. I think Clay is facts, facts. That's facts. They got two rookies in pods and trace who don't know any better. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way possible. I don't know. I think it's just Kuminga and Moody, honestly. And then Moody is a different conversation. He's getting the short end of the stick. Uh, but I don't even want to talk about him right now because Kuminga in, in this situation has at least been starting. The frustrating thing is Steve won't play Wiggins and Kuminga together, even though it's very clear that probably represents your best chance of putting together an elite playoff defense. I'm not saying they will get there, but like those guys have the physical tools to hang with the, the big boy teams you got to play. You know, you go against OKC. Those are guys who can like switch on to Shea and like, you know, actually play defense. You can go you against- explain why he doesn't do it though? Right. There is, there is a semi-valid reason. I think it's bullshit. Making- yeah, playmaking right, right they're not good enough passers he right. they're not Andre Godal on the offensive end sure. yeah. he exactly. wants he wants you know pods pods in some ways is playing Iguodala's role offensively yep. where he's like the the smart guy who gets everyone where they need to go and moves the ball around obviously he could shoot the ball Andre couldn't really shoot the ball he could do different things but he's playing that that connector role yep. I hate the word connector yep. but you know he's playing that role and then 
he does defend. He does really guard point of attack, but he, he's also 6'3.75 is his pre-draft me- measurement. We'll call him we'll call him 6'4 when the hair is flopping a little bit. But like, you know, he's he's not a six seven wing. You know, he, he's not gonna be able to guard LeBron James or uh uh who are some, you know, Kevin Durant, Kawhi even Leonard, George, the, Kawhi, the stuff, right? yeah. the stuff yeah. that Andre would do back in the day. Harden, even yeah, we saw sure. him against against Hubbard. Yeah. So it's just kind of like yeah, it's it's pretty much he's like I need I need a guy who can connect the offense out there. So that's one role. Obviously Steph and Clay, that's three. And I need a big, so that means only one of Looney or Kuminga can play. It's a really rigid way of thinking. That's really what it comes down to. It's, it's like really the is. only way we can play is the one it's way really I have built a system. And I'm not saying the system's bad. I'm just saying you don't have that roster. Yep, yep, that's it. That's it. And at some point I actually kind of feel somewhat bad for Steve Kerr because the point of Marcus's article is something that we've mentioned is that they just have too many good players right not great none of them are great there's not a single great player on this roster except for Steph so when you have nine good players Steve's pretty much you're entrusting him to click the right buttons every night and then you throw in the political aspect of these guys where should Clay have started Close last night, but if he shouldn't have closed, who's gonna tell Clay he can't close last night? Because because Clay was terrible. So like, are you gonna tell him he's not close after he's played well for three weeks? Right. So it's like I can't, I can't. I, I kind of feel for Steve in that aspect, but but at the same time, he's making it hard on himself by saying, "Well, I can't play Wiggins and Kaminga. That's just what I feel. That's that's my ideal. Well, your ideal is not fucking working, and it hasn't worked last season when Anthony Lamb, who's now sitting on the bench per the comments." In Australia, he's, he's not even in the NBA. You played him every game New, over Kuminga. New Zealand. Oh, sorry. Even, even worse, Australian think, right? league. Even <laughs> worse. Um, right. So it, it is hard for him, and he's he's not clicking the right buttons. That's why this team is is, is the definition of mid. I got a question for you. Uh-oh. What's the Warriors' record if Eric Spolstra is the coach? <laughs> this is like our favorite. Eight. It, it, it's it's my favorite question because the only team in the NBA who I would say consistently is better than the sum of its parts is the Miami heat. That's a, uh, it's an okay roster, right? Like Bam's a stud. Jimmy's Jimmy. I love Hawkeyes. Not gonna lie. Like I really Amazing do. Yesterday. But like, but like, uh, you know, th- this isn't a top tier talent roster. It's a, it's a, it's an okay roster, right? But the heat always overperform. And I, I, maybe I'm becoming just like, a lunatic, but I'm like a big believer in the heat culture stuff. Like Spo nearly fought Jimmy on the sideline last year. You know, that's his best player. 19, 19 and 11, at least 18 and 12. Wouldn't you think at least three more wins? Wouldn't you say? They're sitting. Yeah. So 18 and 12 is what the Miami heat's record is. Dallas is 18 and 12 Sacramento, 17, 11. So basically same thing. That's probably where the warriors are at worst. What I'm getting at is this isn't a bad roster. Uh, it may no. not be a championship roster that the Warriors no. have. No, it, no. To your point, they may just be missing one difference maker to get there, but they may not. I, I just know they're not maximizing. Like, does the Draymond shenanigans happen with with Spolster in the Heat? Well, Spol might have held him more accountable years ago. I think that that's that's yeah. maybe that's what happens, right? Yeah. Do, would Spo be afraid to bench Clay? Oh no, definitely not. Definitely no. not. And Clay would want to fight him. 
And honestly, they probably come out better on the other end. You know, like he he's willing to he may be mean, but he's mean to everyone. He's fair. He's very fair. And I think that gets back to the Kuminga thing where he's going, there's one set of standards for the veterans and another set of standards for me and Moses and these young guys. You know, Clay Clay can be awful, but if I miss a rotation, I might be on the bench for two weeks, you know? Uh, and if I play well, I still might not close the game. So that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm sitting here going, you know, this isn't the type of roster Steve wants. Steve wants a veteran roster where he can have a clear hierarchy, but it's not what he has. It's it's just tiresome watching it when you're seeing maybe the most talented young player on the roster who represents a potential like game-changing piece for them be kind of stuck in this like, "Oh, you played well, but we're going to bench you." It, it's it's I feel like we're going long on this and I like it because I think this is something that's been a, an issue for over a season now. It's not that Kaminga is a young player and Steve won't play him because we're seeing Pajemski play 30 minutes. I mean, how he played 40 minutes last game. But Steve's thing is, if you don't play my way, you're not playing. And that's the type of thinking that – I think that's the type of thinking that gets you out of the NBA. And now he's got too much cachet. He's won too much. He's a nice guy. People like him. He's just done a lot in his career. But – that's the type of thinking that'll get you st- stuck in the past, right? I mean, uh, didn't we see what happened with Pop and the Spurs and he'd have to really overhaul his system, especially offensively, for them to win that, that I think, was it the fifth or was it the fourth and fifth championship the way he was playing? Maybe it was just the fifth, uh, the way that they were playing because they were really just to slow it down, dump it in, let's go from here. And then they transition into a, dude, let's just let's just go crazy on the threes, right? Let, let, let's let's be one of the most efficient motion shooting passing teams out there. They played a beautiful brand of basketball. I don't know if that's what Pop wanted to do offensively. And, and I think that's the same thing for Steve where it's, dude, you got to understand, you got to coach to fit the players if you, your system isn't going to work. And it's obvious that it's not. So it's like Kaminga, because he's not, because he doesn't play the way that Steve Kerr wants him to play, he just doesn't get to play. That's different when you're 20 and 10. And when you, let's say you win 2022, you win a championship, dude, you're, you do whatever the fuck you want. But and now the, chats, the sample the size is a season and a half now, right? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, and the chap's pointing out, wait till Draymond and GP2 come back. You know, like we're, you might think we're, you know, too dramatic. He's playing 25, 26 minutes now. It's only going to get more complicated when you get those guys back. I, I mean, is 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 if I see Draymond and Looney start, I, I will. It will. It will not. Holiday spirits is. I'm done. <laughs> and how much? We'll, and, we'll get and to like, that later. But yeah, I mean, come on. And how much faith do you like? Here's the thing. Like, how much faith do you have in Steve to figure it out when those guys come back? And they're good players, right? Isn't the thing that Draymond and, and GP2 are actually going to have to play? They are. The, the yeah, problem it's... is, are you gonna are you gonna trust that they're gonna put them in the right situations? Or is it so that, like, because to me, when Draymond and GB Tone comes back, to me, it means that Chris Paul and Looney should play way less. But something tells me that that's not going to be the case, right? Something tells me that it's going to be Kuminga. So it tells me and- Trace, Trace DNP. Thank you. Moody was already on the verge of a DMP. Now it's 100%. And yep. Kuminga, 25 is becoming oh. 18, yep. 17, 15. 
Yep. You know? Um, yeah. And like, it does feel like this, we're get, we're going to end up at the trade deadline and Dunleavy's going to have to, you brought this up, trade three guys for one, you know, make that upgrade where you move your depths to get one superior player. And maybe that solves all your problems. Maybe it's really that simple. You know, you go get a, a Lowry Markin in, a Siakam. We're going to probably name those guys every other pod from now until the deadline because they'll be in a rumor every three days from now until the deadline. Two more months. We could do it. Yeah. But, like, you know, maybe you move three of those guys and get something like that, and then the rotation becomes cleaner and it's a little easier. But until then, like, you know, you are seeing some of kind of the issues. It's, anyway. it's actually not even two more months. It's, it's like it's like six more weeks, Sam. Six it's weeks. Actually, it's actually it's actually not that long until the trade deadline. Okay, we'll we'll get to it. But trade deadline is February. Um, what February what? Eight, oh, February eighth. February eighth. So six weeks. I mean, uh, forty four days away, which means probably about forty days away from a trade. Yeah, six weeks. It can is we what it the, is. Uh, can we put the ticker on from now on? After Should we get a ticker? Week? The trade ticker? <laughs> yeah. Just count, yeah. count down the, uh, the, days, the days before, um, before we go. Light Years Podcast brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy Basketball. Christmas season, which means NBA season, has officially started. Which means now, and all season long, you have a chance to 100 extra cash. On daily fantasy basketball, uh, hoops has never been more exciting than it is now. Steph, LeBron, Luca, KD, all on the national stage last night. Uh, tough for our guys, uh, Steph, LeBron, and KD. But pick more or less on stats for these stars. If you pick less for all three of those guys, you're, you're making some money. Uh, so it's stats like points, rebounds, three-pointers, steals, double-doubles, and more for up to 100x payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right. You can win big. Use promo code. See that on the screen. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 25 states. Check out Sleeper today. And we're brought to you by Under Armour, Curry brand. Steph Curry makes you believe you can do anything. And the Curry 11s are specifically designed with ultimate bounce, grip, and stability to allow everyone to do their thing. New generations of ball players are coming up showing the basketball world that the old rules do not apply. The future is exciting, fast, positive, and hungry. This NBA season, rock with your favorite player and rep his shoes on off the court. The Curry 11s are perfect for both the committed and casual ballers. The UA Warp Tech makes the shoe feel like it was designed for your feet, locked in no matter what you do on the court. Stop on your track, tracks with dual-density UA flow, cushioning and traction, and emergency brake. You don't even notice Steph's 11th signature shoe steps into the second decade. Of a sneaker career, pulling multiple, pulling colorway inspiration from the wonders of a positive and modernized future. On off the court, take these kicks with you when you leave the scrimmage and rep UA wherever you go. Do your thing, change the game. The Curry 11 future Curry is available now at currybrand.com. Samuel, I first gave AG1 a try because I hate waking up early. I hate waking up with a ton of sluggishness in my body. And I had to take a bunch of different supplements every day just to get to my nutrient gaps, right? But since drinking AG1, I felt way better, way more energized, way more nourished. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, 
but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed with water once a day, every day. Do what I do. Do it at night. Get it done so you don't have to do it in the morning. Wake up, mix it in something, or just chug it. Uh, <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, you can get right away. Uh, get to it right away. Um, AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. So here's your chance. Start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash lightyears. That's drinkag1.com slash lightyears. Check it out. You know, switching gears. Let's go. Friend of the show, KOC from Ringer fame, threw this one out in the middle of the Christmas Day game. Says, what does Brandon Pajemski go in the in a 2023 NBA redraft? I'm thinking as high as third and not any lower than seventh. Whew. A lottery pick for sure. That I agree with. Pod's looking like a steal for the Warriors at number 19. I mean, he's already the best draft pick they've made probably since the Draymond Green draft. Looking like a steal right now. I don't even mean that as a negative thing to uh, to um, a Kuminga or anyone else, but he just balling out right now. Uh, yesterday, he had another five steals. Did you see that line he had? Five steals, six assists, nine rebounds, 13 points. First rookie to do something like that since 1987. He just... Just putting up numbers left and right. Looking he's unbelievable. Look, isn't he? Yeah. He's so let's talk. Let's talk pods real quick. All right. Um, I, the amount of text I get, and I'm sure you do too. The amount mm-hmm. that you get on a game-to-game basis talking about, dude, he is amazing. Uh, right. And of course, he's, you know, the perfect, perfect dude for Danville dads, right? Our guys uh, over there. Uh a local kid, at least played local. Um, so he's really like a perfect fan favorite type of player except the thing is he's not a fan favorite type of player he's an actual player right Maurice Spates is a fan favorite type of player because he's just gonna be a 15 to 25 minute type of guy that fans are gonna love Kayvon Looney and we love Kayvon Looney is a fan favorite type of player Brandon Pajemski looks like he's gonna be so much more than that he's gonna probably start at point guard for the rest of his career I mean as long as if Steph isn't here right so um if we're going to talk about, because to KLC's point, top three pick, yes, thank you. Wow, that was perfect. Uh, in the draft, I don't, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot, but obviously Victor's going one still, no matter what, probably for the next like, five years. Brandon's still going two. He's, I know you're not a huge Brandon Miller fan, but he's been really good for a rookie. Some of these guys have been good as well. Like Derek Lively's been good. Osar Thompson's been good. Right, uh, bali has been cool, right? But if you just look in terms of impact and production, right? Hawkins is really the only. Yeah, one. yeah. Let's let's actually fuck. I forgot Hawkins. But if you're really going to talk about impact and production, isn't he right there? Isn't he at least in the top five, top threes? Maybe like a little. Like he's obviously doing that for 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 uh, social media, but he's top five for sure. There's there's not four players that you can put five players that you can put in front of Pajemski in a redraft right now. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I, it, just looking at it, these are players I feel comfortable taking ahead of him, both okay. based on current play and like who I think will be the better player in three to five years. Wemby, obviously. Uh, Brandon Miller, yes. I'll take Hakez over him purely 
because nice. he's six six. Yep. You know, and same he's also playing motor, playing really well. Not quite the passer, but similar type yep. of high IQ, yep. high motor yep. player. Can just going to be just a winner. Going to be an all star. I Colin Jaime Hawkes will be an all star at some point in the league. Um, and then maybe. Cool Bali, like I liked what I saw of him with the Wizards. He's like the only thing interesting on the Wizards. And Lively is going to be a really good player for a really long time. Lively versus Pods feels like a toss-up. I don't know that there's anyone else in this draft that I'd really take over Pods, honestly. Like I don't, twins. I don't think Scoot's – I'm not really all that impressed with what I've seen from Scoot. Again, year one, they're 19, 20 years old. It'll, it'll you know, it, we'll see how it shakes out over time. But you tell me – you know, pods isn't going to get better too. You know, uh, Anthony Black, Hassan Wallace. I really like those guys. Pods has been playing better than both of them on, uh, yeah, on a more veteran team. Uh, I'm I'm not as sold on the Thompson twins. I don't know. This this is all. Oh, you know who's the one who, you know who's the one who we didn't say who I think has a case to be really good. Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. Shooter. Yeah. Pelicans. I like but, him. Yeah. I mean, I like him because he's a shooter. He seems like right. He he has high IQ for the game, stuff like that when you watch him. But I mean, but when you when you look at production though, there really isn't any guys and you look at production from Pajemski where he's not being given 30 minutes a game, right? That's no, really he, impressive he, part. He, he basically he basically is gonna get Moses Moody traded. Like he because they wanted to give Moody those minutes and he's just better than him. Yeah, he just took his job, you know, like to your point. He Steve didn't want to play him. He 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 quote unquote had to play him, which is another thing. But if you look at if you look at him, like maybe you can argue it's still too early that Anthony Black, who's bigger, great feel for the game, right? Sure, great, more athletic. But it's not like if you put Pajemski on the Magic, he probably would have ripped somebody's job away too. Like Markel Fultz, who's been hurt a lot as always, but like he's probably done on that team. I would say Jalen Suggs and Pajemski is probably leading that backcourt at some point, right? Like Gary Harris is done. Like he's ripping a lot of these guys' jobs away. Jordan Hawkins, who had a little stretch with the Pelicans where he shot very well, but he's out of the rotation. Uh, Pajemski, what would he have done on the Pelicans? That's really the most impressive part is that he's not playing on the Wizards where he just 30 minutes and, and great production. I think the same story for Jaime Hawkins is that uh, is Hawkins going anywhere now? Like he's taking people's job. Josh Richardson, bye bye. Uh, you're you're not getting the minutes that you were thought you were gonna get because Tommy Hawkins is just better than you as a rookie. And uh, same thing for same thing for Bods. Yeah, Brandon Miller. I, I I don't I don't know, but certainly Scoot Henderson. Like that's someone where same guard, right? Same same kind of like like play on the floor. And you're just watching. I I, I enjoy watching Scoot a little a little more than you, but you're not telling me that Scoot's been anywhere near close to Pajemski, especially in terms of just the feel and how they play basketball. Scoot's still trying to figure that out. He's still trying to figure out how to how to play NBA basketball. Pods, and I don't know how he did it, he already figured that out coming into the league. And, and it, it's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's been he's been one of the bright spots of the season. No way around it. I mean, and I the thing I say with I think with Pods is he's this good at age 20. What's he going to be at 23? What's he going to be at 25? Like, I there is this, uh, there's this desire to limit the upside because he's kind of a goofy looking redheaded white guy, you know, like, um, how much upside can there really be? I don't know, man. <laughs> you watch him play with the Warriors, and most nights he looks like one of the three or four best players on the floor, and he's the youngest one on the team. Why can't there be 
way more upside for him. What, what happens when he gets a little stronger? What happens when the shot, which is at 40% from three right now, becomes even more automatic? Like he could, be, he could become a better shooter. Right now he's just drilling open shots. Wait until it gets to a point where he can shoot off the dribble a little bit, you know? Wait until he figures out how to be a little more consistent finisher over length. You see it with those kind of like running hooks and those floaters. He has touch. He's only going to get better at all that stuff. And then defensively, he knows how to defend. Wait till he grows into his body a little bit. Wait till he gets a little stronger and they can't pick on him as much. So all of this, it's like, yeah, I mean, Scoot's going to get a lot better. But why won't pods? You know, they're the same age. That's the uh, that's the floor ceiling question that I think has plagued the Warriors the last few seasons too. Now you say that he's the best draft pick since Draymond. I, I throw Jordan Poole in there as much as I, I kind of knocked him, but I mean he, he helped bring a championship, so I think he's probably the best pick in the last x amount of years since Draymond. But um, yeah, I mean the Warriors have been so obsessed with with picking the guy that that is so ceiling oriented that they look past the guy who's hypothetically less ceiling or- oriented, but that you think about that with Pajemski, that you think he's less ceiling oriented, but that's not true, right? Like, you're, to your point, that's just not true. He's actually not less ceiling oriented. If anything, his ceiling is actually higher because he has plus plus feel and plus plus motor, which I mean, <laughs> not many players in the NBA, you know, shockingly have plus plus motor, right? This isn't the NFL. I think all NFL players have plus plus motor, but <laughs> Pajemski for some reason has just an absurd motor that you don't see really. Like he Draymond doesn't... has plus plus motor, right? Draymond, Steph, has plus plus but like it's not often you see that from guys that are actually good at basketball (laughs) it's you can you can you can coach guys to play harder but like you're either kind of wired to do some of the things pods does or you're not like you can coach kuminga and wiggins to play harder you're not going to coach them to uh those are the guys have natural their first thought is body on the floor at all times. Yeah. You know, and, Moody and has a little bit of that, right. But like coming yeah. and Wiggins, to your point, like those are the guys that don't now mm-hmm. they need both. Let's, let's be clear. It's not that yeah. they don't need one or the other. You can't, but. you can't just have a team of, of six, three, six, four dudes who play really hard. They've tried. They really have, but yeah, no, it's uh no, no, I, I think he's interesting because uh, the, the combo of motor touch and IQ I'll bet on him developing, even if he lacks that explosive first step, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, um, well, he could have, he may never have the Steph. Remember Steph in his prime had the ridiculous first step, but now Steph's first step is like, just not as good anymore, but he's, he, but people, he gets by everyone because he's, yeah. because of the shot. Well, yeah, it's, it, he, he knows how to leverage the spot and shot and his like skill levels absurd. Yep. So yeah, yep. I mean, it's a good point. Anyway, all right, let's get to our last segment here. Uh, you know, we're in a good mood, so time to talk about uh, Mr. Anger Management, Draymond Green. It's a good one. Oh, Woj on Christmas giving us updates on Draymond's counseling because Woj 24-7, anything but basketball, as we all know. Oh, boy, that's good. Um, let's see. Was there anything new in this? We found out that Draymond now has to do Zoom meetings on the regular uh, with both the NBA and Warriors representatives in there. I just love this idea of like Adam Silver, Mike Dunleavy, Joe Lacob, Draymond, and a therapist on a Zoom call together talking about him <sighs> working through his feelings. Oh, and and of course, Rich Paul, his agent. Yes. So Yes, I'm sure that that's going to go well. It's just... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hilarious. But the one nugget in here that obviously is of interest... 
to us is that sources, there's this general belief that his suspension will cover a range of 11 to 13 games, barring any setbacks. So we are through seven. So anywhere between four to six more games until Draymond returns. Uh, what was the first thing you thought of when you read that? Because the first thing I thought of was you knew it was going to be this length the whole time. This is all a charade. You knew you were going to suspend him about 12 games and you're just making a spectacle of it instead of just putting a number on it. That that's, that's actually my first reaction. It's, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little annoying. It's like, it's a John Morant stuff, right? Totally different scenario, yeah. but the same, like, can we just either like, suspend him, suspend him with like an iron fist or don't, yeah. but stop with the, like, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're doing a holistic treatment. Like it's, you know, like it's school or something yeah. or, or like this is yoga where he's just sitting, yeah. he's doing the Aaron Rodgers sitting the, sit in a dark room for five games. Like, this is bullshit, man. Like whatever he's obviously, uh, whatever they think he's going through, they've essentially told us that they think he can deal with it in, in, in 10 games, which tells me that it's not something that, He's actually going through it. Like you said, it's just something that he needs to take 10 games off for. What are we doing? You don't heal mental issues in 10 games. You don't do that. That's not something that happens. You think John Morant is remorseful for anything that he did? He doesn't give a fuck. He just took the 25 games off and he's back. The best case scenario with Jaws, he's now aware that if he does certain things, he gets in trouble. Sure. You know? Sure. So... But yeah, I don't. I don't think. He, thing, I don't right? think we've gotten to the root cause of his issues. No, <laughs> you know, and 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 honestly, is that the NBA's job? No, like the NBA's job is not to fix whatever the hell wrong is wrong mentally with guys. It's just it, it's it just suspend their asses for the rest of the season. They mess around like that, and I think that's maybe maybe we've gotten to the point where Draymond's figured that out. Maybe they're just hammering that in because what do you think? Before we get to the schedule here, in the next five games, do you think that if Draymond comes back? After a suspension, and three games later, he uh, uh, raises his arms and slaps uh, someone in the face. Do you think they suspend him the rest of the season? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like there's little things that can happen that won't get him suspended, but yeah, if he's like physically raises a hand or something in a non-basketball motion, I could see that. Yeah. Sounds about right. <sighs> All right. Um. Okay, so let's uh let, let's get to it. Anywhere between four. Well, let's let, let me see. Let me read this again. Cover a range of eleven to thirteen games. So he'll be suspended at least four more games, which means okay. at least through January fourth against Denver. So his return could be any one of the last three home games on this eight game. Seven-game home stand. All sorry. the Warriors do is play at home. It's hilarious. After yeah. a disgusting schedule to start the year. Good for them. Yeah, so he's missing. Let's walk through this. Miami on Thursday. McCall W. Gets hot cast? Oh. I'm calling it W because Miami's flying cross-country. I think I think the Warriors will fly into Miami and lose, but they'll beat Miami here. Classic sure. one and one Dallas. Dallas is good right now. Yeah, it's got to be a win, though. Yeah. It's got to be a win. Orlando, Orlando's just a tough matchup for him with all the yep. size. Yep, yep. But they got, got they got, got destroyed by Orlando at home last year. 
Um, yeah, but they, they should uh, – of these three games, they go two and one, right? Like that's probably what happens. And then Denver? To. Low revenge. So you're saying three and one? I mean, they, they, like they if it's two and two, it wouldn't surprise me is, is what I'm saying. But they they probably sh- – the, And then they got the go Pistons. Do they play – do the Pistons win a game before January 5th? Jesus. It's hard to imagine the Pistons winning a game ever again. Like (laughs) they're going to, I think not go to an 80, but I I don't, I don't know how I like you watch them play. I'm like, I I don't know how you, you uh, lose a game to them. I don't know. Watch them in the beginning of the season. I've since stopped. I'm not going to lie, but yes, that is a team that Uh, I mean, when they hit 20 losses, I've been tuning in. It's (laughs) not for, not for full games. But like five minutes, if it's close, you know, just checking in on them, watch, you know, a few disgusting turnovers, watch the game go. Okay. I saw my Pistons for the night. 26 in a row, man. What? what, Okay. So I I don't think he's returning for the Pistons game. Personally. I think they need to take, I I think my money's going to be on Sunday against the Raptors or maybe that last home game against the Pelicans. So if you take this whole homestand, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Detroit, Toronto, and New Orleans all should probably be wins, mm-hmm. right? And, and then those, let's say those include Draymond for two of them. Um, they should be wins. I mean, that's like a good reason, good way for him to step back into the team. But mm-hmm. those first four games are, are tough. I mean, they're probably going two and two. And if you can win those three at the end with Draymond coming back, that puts you at five and two for a homestand before you get on the road for a couple of tough ones, right? So that's probably what they're looking to do um because do we think do we think yeah. 5 and 2 is like just l- taking a macro look at the 7 game homestand 5 is the number i think 5 is the number yeah right. okay. 5 is the, 5 has got to be the number cuz you're you're banking wins like you're saying probably against miami i'd say you probably should be able to beat dallas at home and then you know orlando detroit Denver, detroit definitely... you better beat at home i mean <laughs> yeah what and toronto honestly the same thing toronto yeah. should be an easy w so like Half the road, half the home games are relatively easy. Then the other half are like kind of tough. Denver's obviously tough. Dallas yeah. tough. Orlando's yeah. tough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's at home, I guess five. Yeah, five and two. I'd say five is except five is minimum acceptable. Six would be great. Oh, seven yeah. and zero would be amazing. Yeah. Not going seven and zero. Four and three is probably what they'll end up doing because mm-hmm. we've watched these Warriors for these versions version of the Warriors for a season mm-hmm. and a half and. It's going to be disgusting. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I think that the stuff with Draymond coming back, too, is is what happens What happens with the team's lineup when he does come back? Is he going to – he's obviously going to start, you would think. Maybe he comes off the bench because of conditioning. But, like, when it when it really does happen, what are they going to do? Are they not, they can't play Draymond and Looney anymore. Not even because of the spacing stuff, Sam. Because of the minutes. I mean, like, right now, Looney is so but bad. But also the, also the space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Looney yeah, is I mean, so bad right now. I just don't know what you do, man. It's hard to Maybe the him. move is... Can maybe you start the, Draymond at the five? Yeah, the I mean, riff? what they should do is give Draymond, Kuminga, Wiggins, Clay, and Steph a serious look uh, as your starting lineup. Pods gets the short end of the stick there, but... I don't know. You can move Clay to the bench. 
I think you kind of want both Wiggins and Kuminga on the floor. If you're going to play Draymond at five, just have a little added wings. At least that's, that's your, your longest wing lineup, right? Yeah. Like it, it's not, it's not the death lineup, but it's like the closest facsimile to what worked in the past. It's, you're just going to have to play a different brand, especially offensively yeah. where it's not going to be the, you can't play motion with that because Wiggins and Kuminga can't play motion. You're going to have to say high pick, yeah. high pick and roll. Cut yep. Kuminga cut baseline lob, make Thanks. play the play the two on one game with Draymond. You know, like no more off ball stuff. Stay on the ball, right? Like it shouldn't be that it, you could go off ball when Chris Paul or Pods come in the game. Sure. But sure. But yeah, when that lineup's out there, let them start. I don't know. Something like that. That is probably the best. I mean, I would enjoy seeing that lineup, even if it, it's gonna struggle probably in small sample size. But I mean hypothetically it's not, the, it's not the prettiest lineup because only Steph and Draymond are really like smart enough to handle the ball but whatever right yeah whatever dude i want to see i want to see a team that can play defense uh, just this team has hey they legislate that out of the game though it's just i mean even this five game win streak they struggled on defense a lot of the time against some of these worst teams right so it's just <laughs> it's just we'll, we'll see when he comes back 11 to 13 games just hilarious that suspended definitely indefinitely Two weeks later, becomes you know it'll, it'll probably be back in five games. Like, do we see? Do we hear of a breakthrough? Did Draymond go through a breakthrough? Did he cry in therapy? Uh, what, what happened? You know, it's it's, embarrassing. He opened. He opened up about an incident in the fifth grade that has been deep down buried inside of him. You know, if That's I heard why he's that, so angry. If I heard that, I would laugh. But you know, that is true. That is actually what. Like, if I heard that, I'd be like, all right, well, maybe we're getting somewhere. But I'm sure we'll. Get a documentary from Draymond at some point in the next couple of weeks. Some bullshit presented by Bleacher Report. Yeah, and it just said just leading off on a TNT Thursday night, like oh. Draymond in therapy. Yeah. Gross, gross. Enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm only making fun of it because they have no credibility in my mind. <laughs> I agree. Uh, to like you, you know, therapy, good thing. I want to support people when they do that, but it's just like they have no credibility. Yeah, Let's no. be real. No. No. It's obvious they don't. It's a sh- like charade. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. We don't care. Dream on when you come back. We don't slap anyone for no reason this time. And uh, the Warriors are going to be going to be a little better. So we'll, we'll be back on Thursday night. Post Miami. Yep. Post Miami. We can do the full Hawkes versus Pods break. <laughs> there you guys.